Welcome to the Lead Defend Podcast, a show designed to help you grow in faith and leadership as you navigate the stages of young adulthood. We address important faith topics and provide practical life tips, helping you build up your faith as you engage a changing culture. Now, here are your hosts. Hey guys, thank you for joining us again with the Lead Defend podcast. Today we have uh, Buck Ortega as a guest. He is an entrepreneur and has some uh, past experience in professional sports and in college sports. So Buck, thanks for being here today. Thank you. Awesome, man. Well, you know, for a lot of our listeners, they're, they're tuning in to, to hear about leadership. And so one of the things that, that I'd be really curious to know is when was the first time that you really realized that you were a leader? I would say the first time I felt that I was a leader was in high school, just when I started to excel on the football field and in athletics. And, you know, that, that just throws you into the leadership role. Mm -hmm. Um, I was blessed to have a father who was a really, really good athlete, uh, much better athlete than myself. Now, could you define Excel really quick, though? Because I think Brock and I's definition of excelling <laughs> in athletics is maybe a little bit different than yours. This is like right now as the Olympics are going on, people are like, right. I, want, I want an average person doing the same thing that the Olympians are doing just to see how great just they are. Just to see how this would compare. So for me, excelling was like, I got on the field, but you did far beyond that. Right, so excelling was <laughs> like. Right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I started I started varsity my ninth grade year, sure, and uh, played at a small school, but um, just started to. I played quarterback, and um, and so so having a chance to do those things, mm -hmm. you know, obviously puts you in that leadership role, and then hearing hearing things from my dad really helped in the sense of, hey, you're the starting quarterback on a good team, you your name is going to automatically be in the paper every week. Your offensive linemen are the most important guys to you yeah. to protect you, to have a running game, all those things. And he's like, every single time you get interviewed, talk about your offensive line. Wow. Mm. And, you know, so that puts on the, hey, think of others. And and building a team, a true team, a true team is, yes, when, when a leader can bring up those people around them, you know, to the same level. And, and when I actually saw what happened when I was doing that, it, uh, it, it was just unbelievable to see the, the difference and to see what people, how the, how they around you, how they excelled. Yeah. So, so you started realizing you were a leader and then God just kind of continued blessing and placing you in positions of leadership. So you played college football and then had the opportunity to play in the NFL. And so tell us a little bit about that, what it was like leading amongst, man, a great crop of other leaders. Right, and, and I got to see a lot of incredible Absolutely. leaders. Um, you know, you look at Ed, Ed Reed, who went in the Hall of Fame yep. uh, a year or two ago. He was a senior when I was a freshman at the University of Miami. Uh, Butch Davis was the head coach. He had just left, actually. So mm. my freshman year, we had a, a different head coach. But Ed Reed, you got to see a guy lead by example, lead by by doing the right thing. Wow. Um, in, in a funny way, you, you know, I, I tell a story sometimes. of I'm a freshman quarterback at the University of Miami. We were yeah. playing for national championships every year. And we're stretching one, one day for practice. And the defense would face us. And so the defensive backs, and then it would be like the depth chart. So, so all the starters would be up front, and then would go back to the younger guys. And there was a big like dog pile fight amongst the defensive backs. They all mm -hmm. pretty much jumped one guy, and 
the guy had missed curfew a couple days in a row and then had had some bad games and the, and it was Ed Reed who kind of started the whole thing. It, it was it was accountability yeah. of no, this is not the way it's going to be. Yeah, we have a higher standard than this, right? And themselves. I'm not, and you know, I have to tell that story. And then, hey, I'm not a condoning, you know, going <laughs> going through a beatdown, you yep. know, going to beat down someone who's not doing the right thing. But discipline is so far; yeah. it's a huge part of leadership, mm-hmm. and yet it's so far removed of t- t- today's society and what's expected and mm-hmm. what's. And it's so sad because, you know, you look through Proverbs, what it says about discipline. Yeah. And and kids are being set up for failure in college. And then, you know, as children, and then, you know, they get into college and, and they get into high school and all those things. And they weren't disciplined or, or they don't want to be disciplined because they think that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And they're they're truly set up, setting themselves up for, for failure. They're setting themselves up not to be leaders because mm. as a leader, you have to discipline in the right way and you have to learn how to be disciplined in order to become a leader because yeah. it's, hey, listening to people who care about you enough to say something. I mean, that's that's what it that's what it boils down to is, am I wise enough to listen, to shut my mouth and listen to what people have to tell me? Mm. That's what that's what grows a leader, a leader does the right thing most of the time. Well, right. well normally you're not naturally that way. Yeah. You know, you're not a young kid doing the right thing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so what? You have to listen to those who are and, – and guess what? I played football. I was not always coached and disciplined in a, in a loving, kind uh, yep. way. But – Again, it has to be you have to be wise. You have to keep your mouth shut and learn from those things and say, mm. "Hey, let me let me hear what this guy has to say. He's trying to help me. He's trying to make us a better team. Whoever was leading me at the time, and that for sure led to you know transition into how I ran businesses and those kind of things, and how I raised my children, and how I speak to others, and whatever team I'm a part of now is mm-hmm. how you talk to people. And guess what? A lot of it is, is no, you did that wrong. Let me show you how to do it Absolutely. right. Or let me show you by example and not even saying anything maybe. But but the team and, and when I want to lead, I want to lead a group who understands that and understands mm-hmm. that, hey, when I'm on you, when I'm, when I'm saying you did something wrong, that it's because I care about you. I right. love you. That's why I'm saying this to you. Yeah, I, I think, you know, for you, you were very conscientious about your own leadership my guess is that all of your teammates didn't necessarily share that same same attitude. For the level that you played in, you hit the goal for what a lot of our listeners are probably shooting at. They're wanting to play in college. They're wanting to play in the NFL. A lot of people grow up with that goal, that dream. That's what they want to do when they grow up. Your teammates, the the people who you played with, would you? What was that environment like? You know, was life better because they they made it to that position? Um, did did it did it enhance their their way of living, or uh, you know, did you have some teammates who who you know really struggled? All all of the above. I mean, I had you know again. You go back to my college days because that's the first thing you, know, you kind of choose what high school you go to, or you mm-hmm. live in an area, or whatever. But in college, you're recruited. Um, out of the 18 or so freshmen, my you know my freshman year who came to the University of Miami, I think 13 of us played in the NFL, and mm. seven wow. or eight were first round picks. Mm. So we were very very high level, but we were all we all came in as hey you you know you're a stud you're going to be the next you know 
you're, you're going to be the next great one. And and yes, we had a high percentage that that did go on to do great right. things, but there were there were some guys who were who were should have been the all world people mm. who kind of fell off because you know they they were doing their own thing mm-hmm. and, and and they they weren't listening to coaching and discipline yeah. and, and those kind of things and and we saw that from our you know a lot of our coaches were were very strict and and i think when you don't as a leader if you don't have guidelines like i go to like for instance i look at my I've got a little piece of property for hunting and mm-hmm. I've got, I write out rules Yeah, I write out guidelines and what I expect from guys, buddies of mine who come out and hunt. And, and, you know, I, I, I said, because that allows them to, Hey, they know what's expected. Now they can live up to it or not. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're going to get invited to, to come back and hunt or you're <laughs> yep. not or, or, or along those things yeah. of, of, uh, you know, so setting up a list and setting up guidelines and rules is is uh, very important to lead well. So you're passionate about discipline, but you're also passionate about authenticity in leadership and what it's like to be authentic. So you graduate college, you go off and you have the opportunity to play in NFL. And now you find yourself as I think you describe yourself an entrepreneur. And anybody who looks at you would definitely say, oh, yeah, this dude mm-hmm. is an entrepreneur, self-starter. Um, has his hands in different business situations. And so how have you seen authenticity be valuable in leadership, whether it's in the sports world or just in leading out in business? Because if you're going to try to fake it, people people see that. Yeah. Um, and, and and it's just it's, it's what Christ calls us to do. To, hey, if I don't have an answer, I'm going to tell you. Mm. Even if someone has questions, questions about Christianity – I've got to say, hey, I don't know that if I try to make something up, that's that's not good. That, sure. that puts me, you, you know, in a place where they can't trust me. And, and you want that as a leader. You mm-hmm. want people to trust you and you want to. If, if I don't have the answer, I think that to say, hey, look, we can't figure this out or, hey, mm-hmm. we need to change things. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, this business is not working this way, um, you, you know, not to be an open book to everyone. But when you get around the decision makers in a business or you get Mm -hmm. around the people who can change it, um, you've got to be honest. And and, and a lot of times, guess what? The people under you may have a better idea or or those, you know, decision makers, they may have a better idea than you. So being open and being authentic about, I, I, I'm not sure where to go from here, guys. Yeah. That, that works, you know? Yeah. So as you were, leading out in discipline, you're leading out in authenticity. How did that help you maybe as a Christian doing that? Because someone could desire to be disciplined. They could desire to be authentic, but they're not necessarily Christian. But for you, coming from a, a place of, of having a conviction about following Jesus, how did that help you engage those teammates that you had in college or in the NFL who who probably had no interest really in in following Jesus and, and you were the, the only picture of Jesus they saw? R- right. Um the the problem is you can be authentic and you can be all those things, but you've still got that mm-hmm. spiritual issue. You've still right. got that heart issue. Mm. And that's what I saw without a doubt when I got in the NFL of, you know, because that, that was me. I was, you know, I was in high school and, man, I want to make it to college now. I want to get a, that college scholarship. And then I make it to college and I get a scholarship and, you know, won a national championship and played on great teams. And, okay, now I want to play in the NFL. 
and then I made it there. And why do you want to make it in the NFL? Because that's 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 the top, right? right. You, you don't get much. You can't get better than that. And what I saw in a locker room with the healthiest, you know, plenty of wealth. We took care of our bodies for for a living, and yet I saw a massive amount of brokenness. Mm. And I grew up in church, and I didn't walk well at times. And I regretfully look back at those times, and, and I hate it in me. But making it to the NFL to me was a eye-opener of saying, right. okay, mm. it ain't about money. This life is not about women. This life is not about health. And that's what I saw in the brokenness of these guys who, who had it all in, in terms of the world. Sure. And they were so broken, and that made me reassess and say, no, it's, there's more important things. Uh, mm. There's the most important thing, and that's your walk with Christ, period. Yeah, so what are maybe some tips you can give the listener on how they can lead those people? How do you engage those people with the gospel um, when, when they seem so far from it and even opposed to it? Sure. Um, my family, kind of our family verse, if you would, is First Corinthians uh, 16, yeah. 13, and 14. And, and when you walk through that verse, uh, you look at it, and when you look at it on how to reach others, it's be on your guard. Mm -hmm. That has nothing to do with any, anyone else. Hmm. Uh, be on your guard. Be courageous. Be strong. Stand firm in the faith. Right. So all those things are you, you, you're, you and God, you mm -hmm. and God, mm -hmm. right? And then do everything in love. And, and you take a simple verse like that, but it's all through Scripture of before you go try to reach others, you better get yourself right. Yeah. And, and not necessarily right with God of, of knowing. I've never doubted that Jesus Christ is my Savior. Yeah. But... I knew very little verses by memory. Sure. I would read Proverbs on an everyday basis, but guess what? The Bible is a lot bigger than Proverbs. <laughs> mm. And my life truly changed around, and I truly began to influence others when I started to memorize Scripture, period. Wow. There's there's no question about it. And, and you know, when I talk to young adults— about that, about having lost friends and how to reach them. I say, well, you know, one of my questions, I'm a math guy. I absolutely love math. And not that this equation is, uh, you know, I don't know how you would necessarily research this, but I say, how many memory, how many verses do you have memorized? Have you stored in your heart? Mm. And they say, whatever number. And then I say, okay, how many lost friends, like close friends, you know, not, not maybe mm -hmm. teammates or something like that, but you know, your group of friends, how many of them are lost? If you have more lost friends than you have verses memorized, I would say you're probably strained to the world. <laughs> and it's just something that, again, it's a it's a number. It's I don't know if it's one to one or two to one or whatever sure. that ratio should be. But what I'm getting at is if you have a bunch of really close lost friends and you're what you would call your group of friends, your circle of friends or something, and you don't have many verses memorized, then mm -hmm. guess what? They're, I can almost guarantee you, because that was me. Well, it's a question again, of what's influencing your life, <laughs> right. really. Yeah. And, and, and Scripture's not, and so therefore Christ is not. There, you know, and, and you're being pulled away, and you're probably not making good decisions. Um, when I truly began to memorize Scripture, 
it made a huge difference. And, and it just comes up in conversation because, yes, you can be authentic and, and you can be leading well. But if you're not memorizing Scripture, if you're not pouring yourself into God's Word and hearing from God, then then you're going to struggle. You know, it goes back to who's the leader in your life. Mm. Well, the leader, I said, you should be listening to whoever's leading and disciplined and caring and loving you. Well, if you're not hearing from God, yeah. but maybe once a week on a Sunday morning, then then God's not leading you. You're mm. not being led by God, and it's not his fault. It's your fault because you're not opening up the Word of God. Mm. So I think it recalls to my mind that idea of you can't lead somewhere else where you haven't led yourself or been led to go yourself. And so if you're preparing yourself well, you're, you're able to engage those people. But as the, the Lord ended your time in, in the NFL, so for, some, for, for everyone that comes to an end at some point, I know from knowing you personally, you have a deep interest in apologetics, which I would say most people don't exit the NFL and say, you know what I'm going to do with my life? <laughs> I'm going to study apologetics. So how did that desire really stir up in your heart? The crazy thing is, like I said, I grew up in church, um, and I never knew what apologetics was right. until uh, Frank Turek actually came and, and spoke at my church, uh, First Baptist Rogers, years ago. I don't, I'm sure we could look wow. it up, but yeah. it was, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago. And I started listening to his podcast, and then I read his book, and then I started reading other books. And, and Jim Shaw, who's a pastor here, mm-hmm. uh, we went through a, a, a lot of different books, um, e- evidence for the gospel. Mm-hmm. And I knew that stuff was true, but I didn't know why it was. You, you know, I believed it yep, was true, right. which you talk about. Well, why are you a Christian? Well, right. because I I believe I believe in Christianity. But but why? You know, what mm-hmm. what is the foundation? What is the truth? You, you know, a lot of people believe a lot of things. Um, mm-hmm. But they, oh, but I believe it really hard. I believe it with all my heart. I believe this. I believe that. You know, totally other. Sure. You know, totally things that are completely false yeah and and I think that plagues the world these days um, but but that just just listening and listening and you know trying to be a sponge and, and soak that stuff up well but now tell me this awesome. like a, a lot of folks would say oh it makes sense for a pastor or a student pastor to really love apologetics but why why is that important for you as a guy who's just living out your faith? in an everyday environment, leading businesses and, and leading people outside of church contexts. You lead in the church also, but how do apologetics affect your leadership outside the church? Again, it's just like memorizing Scripture. It brings things up. It makes mm. you think different. Sure. You know, uh, when I speak to kids a lot, I'll bring my football helmets that I wore. Yeah. And the reason I bring them is They let you keep those, huh? Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> and uh, the reason I bring them is because I bring up the Ephesians chapter 6 and putting on that helmet of yeah. salvation is the most important one. But it goes back to, you know, where's your mindset? What helmet are you putting on each day mm-hmm. as far as where's your mind at? The more you pour into God's Word, the more you listen to apologetics podcasts or read apologetics books or, or any of that if you're not doing that, you're doing something else. You're, yeah. you're watching TV or you're listening to some other music or, or, or whatever you may be. And um, it's, so it's just it's something that, that you start to soak in. Mm-hmm. You know, the first time I, I listened to an apologetics podcast, I didn't know it all, obviously. Yeah. But you listen to it and you listen to it again and again and again and again and again, and you're okay. And, and, then, and then, you, then you can regurgitate it. Then you can... Right talk and then it just comes out in conversation mm-hmm. and uh 
one one of the one of the better things uh, uh, chasing chasing Allah, finding Jesus. Yes, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The Nabil Qureshi book of of just um, listening. Mm. You know, his buddy Woods, I think, is his last name, who led him to Christ. He sat there and he wanted to know everything about what Nabil, you know, believed. Yeah. So even that simple thing of just being quiet and listening to mm-hmm. where some you know where someone else is or and asking questions because if someone says they believe in something or well elaborate on tell me more why do you believe on that yeah. and, and that allows you to turn the circle and say well you know here's why i believe in this but you have to you have to understand where someone's coming from you have to understand why someone believes something before you just start, blah, 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 you know, running off and talking, absolutely talking about stuff, um, because you don't have a clue. Well, why are they rejecting God? Mm-hmm. And and there's many reasons. You know, they they lost a parent to cancer, or they lost a sibling. They, you know, they're they're angry, or, or maybe maybe it's something completely different. You know, yeah. But you you've got to learn. You've got to understand where they're coming from before you can just start. Mm-hmm talking in my opinion hey before we close let me ask you a couple of rapid fire questions so how, how does your spiritual life affect business decisions i'd say it's a foundation i stand on so it it affects everything it one, one thing you're honest you're but also it makes it makes me hungry because i want to give back to god you know mm. financially too so so it, it makes me hungry in that sense mm. But it also, I loved leading when I was, you know, when I was more involved with the Planet Fitness Group because I shared my faith with those people. Yeah. You know, especially we sold in 2016 um, some of the gyms and it allowed us to give these kids, and they were most of them were kids, mm-hmm. you know, especially compared to me. But but that I, I was able to bless them financially. Wow. And yet, say, hey, guys, you know, and to kind of tell that story of being in the NFL. Yep. This means that this will be gone in a mm-hmm. couple. You know, yes, I want to. You know, this is awesome for you, but there's something more important in than being able to to That's big. Uh, to share the gospel with them. That's big. Next question, completely changed topic. What was the team, whether it's high school, college, NFL, that you hated playing against? High school and college, just the bigger rivals. And sure. In the NFL, you know most. Of, you know, you know a lot of guys, but you know you have those just hated rivals. Sure. In, in it never never goes college. away. You're like, no, gosh. To this day. So you're saying you hated playing some of the high school teams as much as you did some of the NFL teams? No, in college and high school. Sure, sure, are sure. The teams you just despise, just because. Oh yeah, just because it's just been there. Rivals, it's bitter right? rivalry. It's bitter rivals, sure. and they, you know, you saw them on the street in high school, and you saw them. You know, you played against them in basketball, football, baseball, track, yeah. yep. all that stuff, and it's just, no. <laughs> yep, I got you. All right, last question. For a high school, college student, what is the one thing you would tell them yeah. that you wish you knew when you were in high school or college? More scripture. Wow. Honestly, more scripture, period. Memorize scripture. Yeah. Well, Buck, thank you so, so much for being with us. Um, we're excited about Lead Defend Conference coming up March 5th of 2022. It's going to be good. They'll, and they'll You can learn some scripture there. You can learn some scripture there. It'll be good. You can take Buck's advice right there. Hey, until then, this has been Lead Defend. See you guys. That's it for this episode of Lead Defend. To hear more episodes from the Lead Defend crew, visit absc.org slash podcasts. 
If you liked what you heard, rate and review us on your favorite podcast listening site. Want to learn more information about the next Lead Defend Conference? Visit leaddefend.org.